0: you note here from Carter and Kaylee Wynn. Uh, for those up here, he took a position down in Joplin, Missouri. Uh, but they wanted to thank us for the, the card shower that we gave them and the, uh, the gifts that that you all gave them. Um, and so anyways, there's a card here. I'll probably put it back at the information table if you want to read it. Um, so anyways, well, let me go ahead and pray real quick. And um, we're going to look at Psalm 37. And like I said, kick off the series uh, Rite of Passage next week. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I want to thank you for today, and uh, it's kind of been one of those days where um, you know all about it, and you're in full control, but that causes us with this kind of weather to maybe scramble a little bit and maybe even feel a little scrambled inside, and um, so Lord, we're just thankful for the fact that in the midst of that, we can focus our hearts and our minds on you, and we can experience your peace and your calm and um, your confidence And that we can continue to learn more about you and understand who you are. You are a good and gracious Father. You are all-powerful, all-knowing. And Lord, as we look at just these first six verses out of Psalm 37 this morning, um, I just pray that you would use them in our own hearts and our own minds um, to better know you, to better trust you, um, and to better represent you in our world and um, we have a world that's crumbling around us, and um, and can be kind of a scary place to be. And these verses, as the whole Psalm 37, really speak to that. But we want to look at these first six verses. We ask that your Holy Spirit would give us strength, give us understanding, and we want to make sure this is in your name. We praise things in Christ's name. Amen. So, Psalm 37, um, Psalm 37 became a huge part of my life back during those years at the camp that I was at, uh, just kind of working through some of my own um, personal struggles and issues and um, coming to terms with my relationship with the Lord, newly married, uh, our first real ministry, uh, had our first child, uh, Sarah, um, ended up having, well, Sarah was already born, but then we had two more, uh, the other two, when we were there, Hagen and Ellie, um, and... This Psalm 37 became a huge part of my life, um, drawing upon God's promises uh, and then responding to life in those promises, and how do you do that? So Psalm 37, we're just going to look at verses 1 through 6 this morning, and um, praying that the Lord will use us in your own life and your own um, uh, response to life. It says this, do not fret because of evildoers, be not envious toward wrongdoers. For they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do, he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your judgment as the noonday. I look at these verses quite a bit, um, especially when I'm working through a, a a decision I have to make that I'm not really sure what the Lord wants us to do type of thing. Or as I'm counseling with people who are going through difficult times and are trying to um, you know, navigate to themselves through a difficult situation, we'll look at these verses this entire chapter. The cool thing about Psalm 37 is that God gives us multiple promises in this. Okay? So this is going to be a little different than we normally do on a Sunday morning. We have a little fewer people. I'm on the floor here. It's a little more intimate. It's just you and me. You know, we're sitting in my office and we're chatting. So Psalm 37, 1 through 6, what are two of the key promises? There's two key promises in these verses. Can you pick them out? What are two key promises that God gives to those who are his followers? Right, one of them, in verse 4, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So, what I'm expecting any day now, to get a 72-73 Canary Yellow Vet. Um, that's, that's a desire of my heart, it's been a desire of my heart since I was a little kid. Um, found one on the internet on Craigslist, um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I found it, I didn't say I bought it, I'm just saying, I found one. Um, it's hard to find a canary yellow vet. I, it, it, they're there, but it's hard to find them. You find orange, and you find blue. Um, but, you know, so I'm banking on this promise from God that he's going to get me this because of the desire of my heart. You know. Anyway, so what's the, what's the second promise there? Again, yeah, just verses 1 through 6. He'll bring forth your righteousness... As a light and your judgment as a noonday, so we'll kind of wrap those together. And the way I look at that and understand that is, the decisions that you need to make will be as you make them based on what we're going to talk about here. As you make the decisions that you need to make, when you take that step of faith because you're not sure if that's what you should do, okay, all right? You're gonna once you make the step, look back and go, yeah, that's what that's what I was supposed to do. Right? Your righteousness would be as a light. It'll be shiny and make sense. You'll see it. And your judgment as the noonday. Okay? So he'll give you the desires of your heart, and he'll show you that the decisions that you've made are the ones that you should have made. But you have to make them first. Okay? You have to move in faith first. All right? Now, here's a key thing in understanding this passage. There's only one promise given to us that's not based on a condition, okay? and that is the gift of salvation. Salvation is given to us as a free gift. I mean, if you want to say you have to place your faith in Christ, then okay, there's that condition if you want to say it. But the point of salvation is You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. There's no work that needs to be done. There's no religious ritual that you have to do. There's, you, know, you don't have to be a member of a church. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to um, you know, stand on your head and, and say a certain prayer so many times during the day. There's nothing that you can do to gain salvation because what salvation is, it's so incredible. It's, it was such a debt on our part that only God could have made that possible. Only God is all-powerful. Only God can do something that extends through eternity and is infinite in size. Only God can handle something like that. And God did that in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Okay. So the second person of the Trinity comes to earth, he dies on a cross, he does The only thing that could be done for us to have our sins forgiven, to be declared righteous by God, justified, we've talked about that quite a bit, and to be in relationship with God for eternity. okay? It's all done. The conditions were met by Jesus Christ. Maybe there's a better way of putting it. Every other promise that God gives to those who are his followers, there is a condition placed upon them, okay? So we have the promise of um, God will give you the desires of your heart. Now, again, and I kind of made a, 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 kind of a joke. I mean, I do have a desire for that. vet. I just, I do. I'll be honest with you. But that's not what that verse is saying, necessarily, okay? So we could take that verse, and I can say, well, I can have a desire for whatever, and be wrongly interpreting Scripture and say, you know, God should give it to me because it's a desire of my heart. But there's conditions placed on these things. I could say, the decisions I make, they're going to make sense as long as I just make a decision. And if I take a step in one direction, God should make that work out for me. I should be able to look back on a decision and say, yep, that's what I should have done. But again, that's not necessarily what Scripture is saying here because these promises and all the promises in Psalm 37, in fact, if you're sitting here you're like, man, you know, I don't really know what to do for my personal worship time at home. Here's something you could do. It'll take you several weeks probably. Read through a section of Psalms 37 each day and write down the promises that are listed there, and then kind of understand what they are, and then write down the conditions to the promise. Because that's what this is all about. God gives us conditions that we need to meet on our side in order for his blessing, his promise in our life. So he starts out, David starts out by saying, don't fret because of evildoers, uh, be not envious toward wrongdoers, for they are wither uh, quickly like the grass, fade like the green herb. You know, we have a tendency to look at the world and say, why is the world the way it is? How come they seem to be blessed all the time? Why do they seem to always have whatever it is that they want? And Christians have a tendency to say, I want that life. I, I, do, I want whatever they have. And to go down that road. And, and David's reminder to us is, listen, th- that's going to quickly fade. That's going to quickly wither. They may have the greatest things in the world and and all that we would maybe even want. But when you put that in relationship to eternity, in relationship to really knowing who God is, that's nothing. That's just for this earth. And then their eternity is going to be spent in hell without Christ. And so David's trying to get our attention here and direct our hearts and our minds back to God. So when it comes to the desires of your heart, what are the conditions to that? And I'll give you a little hint there. Verse 3 and the first part of verse 4. What are the conditions, what are the things that we need to do as followers of Christ in order to have our desires met? What's the first one there? Trust in the our Lord. Lord. So there's number one. Two. Do good. All right? Three. Three. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness kind of goes together. It's kind of an interesting one. And then uh, four, delight yourself in the Lord. So those four things, if you do those four things, God says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, let's break them down real quick. Trust in the Lord. That's a great Christianese phrase, isn't it? You know, when people are going through difficult times, we're like, trust in the Lord, brother. You know, And it's a great phrase, it really is, but sometimes because we've been in church, many of us for so long, we say it, but what do we mean by it? What does that mean? Trusting in the Lord is basically this, that God says living a certain way, thinking a certain way, if you live life his way and think his way, that's the best way. And so whenever we're going through life and we need to make decisions and we need to respond to life, respond to people, respond to circumstances, whatever it might be, we need to trust the Lord. We need to say, your ways are better than my ways. So when I'm at work and I have some people trying to get me to do something contrary to what the boss wants, I say no, no to that and yes to what the Lord wants me to do, that is to... Respect my boss, obey my boss, that kind of thing, all right? Again, whatever the situation is, in your heart and in your mind, think about what is the, the hardest time for you to trust the Lord. What is that in your own heart and your own mind? What, what is that in your life? It's at that point you need to trust the Lord, okay? You need to do life his way. You need to think his way and then do good, <clears throat> If you kind of think, as you're reading through these verses, kind of think of yourself, um, you know, maybe you have a certain hope and dream or a certain thing you're shooting for, a goal in life, that kind of thing. And it's always out in front of you. You're always moving towards it, right? So as you're moving towards that, there's some things you're supposed to do. Number one, on the way to that, and for us it's ultimately being more like Christ, responding to life the way Christ wants us to do, but maybe more specific thing of, you know, job, change, school, um, relationship issues, you know, whatever those some might be. As you're moving towards that, number one, you're going to be trusting the Lord in everything else that may not even be necessarily directed or directly impacting that situation, okay? In every, so like for me coming over to church this morning, my goal was to get to church this morning, all right? On my way to church, I had to do everything. I had to trust in the Lord, all right? all the way here, okay? I also had to do good. In other words, when the light turned red, I need to stop. Because if I went through the red light, I could have been hit by somebody, which would have kept me from getting here. It would have messed up a bunch of other stuff for my insurance, but it would have kept me from coming here. And when I got to the stop sign, if there was no ice on the ground, I should have stopped. I didn't, but I should have. But there's ice. Okay? Point is, we get focused on doing one thing, getting going in one direction, and we should, you know, we need to have goals. But we need to be doing what God calls us to do in every area of our life as we move in that direction. You can't just go, well, this, I can do whatever I want to do as long as I do all these things the way God wants me to do it. No. It's trusting the Lord in all, in all times, it's do good always. And so as we interact with people, we're doing good. We're doing what God wants. As we respond to life, we're doing good. We're doing life as God wants. We're, of course, spending time with him. That's part of all this. Going along with that is dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. This is kind of a cool thing. Picture yourself um, as, a sh- as a sheep, if you can do that. Um, and as the shepherd is kind of moving you along to wherever it is he's going to take you because you don't know where you're going because you're a sheep okay um a friend of mine was, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine years ago and i showed up at his church to promote the camp and i'm like so steve how are things going and he's kind of a tall big guy and big boisterous laugh and he's like well you know you know sheep sheep are stupid he was talking about his congregation. Anyways, um, he was not being mean. He was just making a joke. Anyways, but so as sheep, we're moving. You know, the shepherd's moving us around. We don't really know where we're going, but we don't care so much about that. We're going to stay where we're at, and we're going to dwell in the land. We're going to stay in that pasture. We're going to stay where God has us, and we're going to cultivate faithfulness in that, where we're at. We're going to let Lord to take care of the future. We're going to meet the things that come into our lives as we're moving into the future and we're just going to be faithful to doing whatever it is that God calls us to do in the moment, in that situation because God's got the future handled for us. Delight yourself in the Lord. Um, Kim let me buy a, uh, one of those multi-tools I wanted the quartered one, but she said, no, no, get the battery one. Yes, dear. Um, I went ahead and I bought the battery-powered multi-tool. Anybody have, you guys have multi-tools? Yeah, okay. So those of you who have them, you know how cool they are, right? How neat they are. And I remember when I got it, I was kind of looking at it and thinking, all the things I could do with this, all the destruction I could do with this and all the neat little ways of destroying things with this multi-tool this is an awesome tool that they've made I was delighting in that tool Okay, we all have something that we delight in right there's something that, that we'll take time to kind of look at maybe it's um, you know a puppy dog you know we want to delight in the little puppy dog whatever it is what God's telling us is we need to delight in him what's that mean Well, what do you do when you delight in something? You spend time with it, right? So we need to be spending time with the Lord. We need to be delighting in the Lord. We need to know who he is. We need to know how he operates. We need to be looking into our lives and say, here's where God impacted my life here. Here's where God met a need here. And we need to delight in him. We need to take time with him. This isn't something that we can just do on a Sunday morning, by the way. This is something that needs to be part of our lives. We need to be in the word during the day and we need to be thinking about the Lord throughout our day. We need to put things into our lives so we can be jogged in our memory to think about the Lord. So that's the condition to the promise. Trust in him. Do good. No matter what's going on around you, even if it's related to whatever it is you're working towards, do good. Dwell where in the land, be where God has you and work on being faithful to what you need to do then and there. And then spend time with him, know him, think about him, think about what he does, remember the things that he does, and then what does God do for you? He's going to give you the desires of your heart. Now how in the world can God make that kind of statement, knowing who we are? I'm sorry I'm making you guys think this morning a little bit. Should I go get some more coffee? We can pass it on. Just think about it. Think about the conditions, and then think about the, the promise. How does God step out and say that promise based on these conditions? Go ahead, Caleb. I saw your hand go up. Caleb, do you got something, or were you just stretching because I was? You're falling asleep. Oh, sorry. my hand in the coffee. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I think if Jesus the cross, it would be okay. All right? There you go. When we are connected in with God at that kind of level, He knows our heart is going to be His heart. He knows that our desires are going to be His desires. And what good father doesn't give his kids whatever they need in order to accomplish his will? You know, for my kids, um, you know, even then even things that are not specifically related to, so I'll give you for instance. Um, so Hagan, um, my son who's now, he's out in Colorado finishing up college, um, he calls up, and he's having some issues with the throttle body on his pickup truck. And um, he says, you know, if, if I can re- replace the jets, or I can replace the entire throttle body, um, because it'll just help with the engine performance and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I know how much the jets are, because I've replaced those before in my truck, and I'm like, so, throttle body, what are we talking? And he gave me a price, and I dropped the phone, and... Uh, thinking, no, I think, uh, I think the Jets are what you want to do. But because Hagen has showed himself so faithful, in my mind, and has been faithful to God in his life, and has been working really hard at school and going to work, he's, he's putting himself through a very prestigious um, mechanical engineering school, and it costs a lot of money, but he's doing it. And God has just happened to bless us with a few extra dollars, and... So I talk, Kim and I talked about it, and I wanted to do something for Hagen, maybe a little over and above what I would normally be able to do for him. And so I went ahead and I paid for the throttle body so he can put it in his truck. Now, in one sense, that had nothing to do with anything. But it had everything to do because Hagen, in my eyes, is trying to do life God's way, and he's making an impact for Christ here at his school and at his workplace and in the house that he lives in with the guys that he's sharing Christ and um, with those guys and interacting with them, I wanted to do something to take some of the pressure off of him. It had nothing to do with anything other than I wanted his truck to run better. So it had one less thing for him to worry about. If we are wrapping ourselves around what matters to God and we're spending time with him, our heart is going to be his heart and he's going to give us whatever we need to accomplish whatever he wants to do in and through us. In this world. So if you're here this morning, you're like, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm struggling with this, that, or anything, or I have certain needs in my life. I mean, you got to look at it and say, okay, is it really a need? And secondly, if I get it, will I use it for Christ's sake? Honestly, if I get a vet, which would be awesome, but if I get that, it, it's going to bring joy to my heart and maybe Kim's, she's not really big on the idea, but, you know, I I picture Kim and me, you know, taking for a drive on a Saturday, the T-tops off, her hair blowing in the wind. Um, you know, um, my eyelashes maybe blowing a little bit, they're a little bit bigger than most. Um, and, you know, and we'll enjoy it. And maybe God will say, you know, here, I want to give you that, uh, you know, as a way to You know, help Kim. I don't know. But when it comes to the true desires of our hearts, you know, I'll just so I'll give you another one. I've always had a desire for a crew cab pickup truck. I'd really like to have a crew cab dually, uh, but I realize that I can't afford the gas alone, not to mention the tires. But I've always wanted a crew cab pickup truck. God worked it out for us to. Get into a crew cab pickup truck years ago, not a great thing. You know, not a, you know, huge, shiny truck. I mean, some of you guys might have seen it in the past. Hagen now drives it. Um, but God gave me that as a desire of my heart. Now, he knows that if I get a beat-up pickup truck, I'm going to use it for all sorts of different things and, and for, for his sake as necessary. I've moved a bunch of people in my trucks over the years. I've, you know, I've done a lot with my trucks for the sake of Christ. And so I think he, he honored me with that. Just a little side thing. Then verse 6, the promise of bring forth your righteousness as light and your judgment as a noonday. This idea of decision making. And am I making the right decision? Am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I going in the right direction? You know, Hagan, again, is really in this spot right now because he's going to be finishing up um, and he needs to make a decision on where he's going to do either find a job or do an internship. He's going to move back here to Ohio, stay out in Colorado as you go down to Texas, because that's where a lot of mechanical engineering is for whatever reason. Uh, People are going down there for mechanical engineering. And, And wherever you guys are at when it comes to decision making, okay? The promise or the condition is commit your way to the Lord. There's that trust again. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. He'll do what? He'll make our righteousness as a light and our judgment as a new day. Commit your way to the Lord, some of you guys were here back when we were talking about Matthew 6.33, where it says, Seek for his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Okay? If you keep focused on what God wants to do in and through you, if you're more concerned about his kingdom than your kingdom, if you're willing to take the stuff that God has given you to manage in your little kingdom, if you're willing to take all that and use it for his kingdom's sake, living for him, Representing him, seeing people come to Christ, help them grow in their faith. If you're willing to do that, if you commit your way to the Lord, and you take the step of faith with that as your purpose, it's almost like we have a spiritual safety net that God puts in front of us that we can't make the wrong decision. One pastor uh, was talking about the idea. Sometimes you think there's a right or wrong. You know, if I do the right or the wrong. He said sometimes, like if you like cookies, and you like any kind of cookie, sometimes God gives you the chocolate chip, the peanut butter, and the oatmeal, and you like all three. So there's not a good or, you know, there's not a bad choice. Well, sometimes God gives you that. And so you have to make the decision based on which one do you feel like having at that moment? You know, I don't understand that because if there's chocolate chip in there, I'm going for the chocolate chip cookie. But it was a scenario or an illustration that he used that evidently Worked for some people. Um, For me, it's always the chocolate chip cookie. Unless the peanut butter cookie is soft. You know, you've been into a peanut butter cookie that's like hard and crunchy, like a a cracker. Not for me. Soft, pliable, mmm, yeah, well, could be. I might be going for that one, depending on how I'm feeling that day. Point is this. If you commit your way to the Lord, and again, Matthew 6.33 and Romans 8.28 are the two verses that I always fall back on. So, I'll give you a a for instance. Uh, And I always, I just used situations from my life, because, you know, they are what they are, so use it for as the Lord would have it. Um, We were in Hagerstown, Maryland, I was a pastor of a church down there, we'd taken a church through a a split, and a restart, um, and it was on firm footing, and kind of waiting for God to launch us, you know, to get us out there, and... We didn't have a situation like this. We didn't have a church behind us like Grace Communities behind us. Uh, it was just us, you know. And so we're working hard and trying to keep this church going. And it gets on solid footing. Kim's mom passes away, July 2012. We go off for the funeral. We go out there to help Kim's dad get the house kind of ready for the winter out in Colorado. And um, he asks us. We're talking. And I've always wanted to live in Colorado. We've done it a couple times for short stints. So he he said, oh, you mean you would move back to Colorado? I said, well, yeah, I'd love to move back sometime in the future. Would you be interested in moving back soon? (laughs) Because he was sitting in this house that he wouldn't be able to afford and was thinking he could stay there if we moved back. So I feel like at that point, Kim and I had a choice to make that was a chocolate chip cookie, peanut butter cookie. I don't think we would have made a wrong choice, but we had to make a choice, okay? And so we did. We chose to leave the church there, go out to Colorado, where we were for the last four years, and uh, four years before coming here, and we made a choice. But what we did was, we kind of sat ourselves in Psalm 37, and we said, we're going to make this choice. We're not really sure if it's the best one to make, but we're going to commit it to the Lord. And once we got there, we went through a bunch of stuff that made us think, maybe that wasn't the best choice. But we went through it and we said, no, we're going to commit ourselves to the Lord in that situation. And we're going to be faithful to uh, respond the way God wants us to respond as best as we can. We're not always faithful, especially me. Kim's good. I'm not so good. Anyways, so we responded the way God wants us to respond in that situation. And when we had opportunities to do good, we did good. And we looked back on it. We said, you know, not sure if we should have moved here or not, but you know, things are going good at the church in Hagerstown, and they're growing, and, and our lives are going good, and our kids are growing and loving the Lord, and they learned some lessons from that move that we made. Point is, if we make decisions committing our way to the Lord, in other words, seeking for His kingdom and His righteousness, I want to do, whatever I do with this next decision, I want it to make sure that it reflects Christ, and that I'm making an impact for Christ, I'm representing Christ well, I know that God will work everything out for twenty-eight. I don't know if the speakers that are doing that to me or what. Uh, Romans eight twenty-eight. God is going to work everything out for good. Promise condition for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So, yeah, God's going to work everything out for good. There is a condition to that, people. People, and it's this: you have to love God. You have to seek first God. You have to love is looking out for the best of somebody else, no matter what the cost is to us, right? So for me to love God is I'm going to look out for God's best no matter what the cost is to me, which that means putting aside my selfish desires. So I'm going to do that, and then if I um, love him and I'm called according to his purpose, what's his purpose for my life? His purpose for my life is to become more like Christ, but it also is the great commission to make disciples and to help people grow in their faith. So as long as I take all of that and I hang on to that and I step into the next situation in my life with that as my goal, we're going to look back on our decisions and say, no, that, that worked out. That was the right decision that I was supposed to make. These six verses have like revolutionized my life and it it helped him and me make decisions that we needed to make going down through life. And we've been buried now, it's going to be 26 years this year. And thank you, thank you very much, I remembered. Um, and, And we've raised three kids, and we've gone through all the mess that most families go through, at least the challenges or at least face the temptations that most families, but God has always been faithful to take us through those situations because our goal has always been, as much as possible, to delight in Him and to commit our way to Him and to watch Him give us the desires of our heart. Let me give you one other story real quick. It's popped into my head. Kim loves this one. So I'm a pastor in Hagerstown. We're going through a real rough year, years um, taking this church through this, this split and restart. It was, it was emotionally draining, Um, spiritually draining mentally draining just draining in every way possible and i said to kim numerous times um, i said uh, man sometimes i wish i could just go back to being a custodian you know just somebody tell me go clean that toilet i go clean the toilet and i come home i don't have to worry about the toilet after i got done cleaning it i just clean the toilet and go home you know strip and wax that floor so I go stripping and waxing the floor, and I go home. I don't have to worry about it. No one's calling me saying, hey, what about the stripping and waxing of the floor? You know, nothing. I love that. We made the decision to leave Colorado, uh, to leave Maryland, to move to Colorado, and I can't find a job for nothing. Lowe's won't hire me, even though I've got construction background. Home Depot won't hire me, because, you know, I got union carpenter training. You know, like, they won't hire me. Applying for all these facility manager positions, nobody's hiring me. I get $11.91 an hour custodian job in a high school. Which, by the way, you want to be in high school over in an elementary school, believe me. I'm, what was I, 44, 45 years old, whatever it was at the time. God gave me, I think in a funny way, Desire of my heart. I think God gave that to me to teach me a few things. Because over the next four years, I learned a lot about who God is and who I am and just where I'm at and where I needed to change and the sin in my life and the wrong perspective on life. And, you know, there's just a lot of stuff coming out of Hagerstown that I needed to work through. And so um, God used me hugging a toilet day in and day out you know, to break me of whatever it was I needed to be broken of. And uh and yet, you know, Kim and I continue I, I witnessed to the guys I worked with and um, I did a funeral for one of my guys, uh, one of his five month old son passed away and I was able to go do the funeral for him and I was able to make impact for Christ. I also got a raise, you know, so I was making like twelve oh five an hour for The good work I was doing. Um, And then the Lord allowed me to become the facility manager at one of the newer high schools, and that was kind of a neat experience. And I was making $13 an hour. (laughs) They don't pay well out there. Point is, we need to be moving forward as individuals and again as a church with an understanding that we need to put Christ first in our lives. We need to spend time with him. We need to delight in him. We need to be willing to trust him. We need to be willing to do good. No matter what's going on, no matter where we think we're going, where we're at in the, the pasture that we're walking in at that moment, we need to be faithful and do good. And the Lord will give us the desires of heart, and then we need to commit our way to him. We need to make our decisions based off of his kingdom and his righteousness loving him and being called according to his purpose of seeing people come to Christ and grow under faith. It's really that simple. It's hard for us because we start getting a bunch of stuff in the way, but it's really that simple. So I just wanted to encourage you guys with that this morning. Again, next week we'll kind of get into our rite of passage and some of this pertains to that, but i want you to go ahead and stand and we'll go ahead and close in prayer and go back out and weather, <laughs> whether the storm, whether you like it or not. It's Lord, I want to thank you for this morning, and uh, again, kind of one of these mornings that uh, we weren't necessarily expecting, but in your faithfulness and in your empowering, people stepped up um, to do ministry where maybe they weren't originally scheduled, um, maybe even doing some ministry that they've never done before. And um, I won't mention one person I'm thinking of in particular, because it'll... Embarrass but he did a great job this morning. Uh, thank you for the safety for the band coming up from Fremont, and we ask that you'd give them a safe trip as well as all of us as we head home from here. Just thankful so much for their ministry and their joy and willingness to lead us in musical worship. Um, and Lord, we're most thankful for Jesus Christ. We do not. Uh, Deserve the relationship that you have given us. Forgive us, Lord, for taking that for granted, for making a decision to follow you and then not ever follow, not ever even look to you or forget to do that. Lord, help us to to be faithful to spending that time with you, to delighting in you, and then making decisions that honor you, that obey you, so that we can experience you in our lives in a very real and practical way. We give ourselves to you, Lord, and as we leave here, I pray that you would put us in the, in the way of people who need Christ, that we would be intentional about our relationships, that we would seek to make an impact for Christ and how we interact with people at the restaurant, people at the gas station, people on the road, people at our work, neighborhood, wherever we might find them. And we we'll should be sure to give you the praise and glory in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us. Be very careful. It looks like it might be getting a little bit brighter.